Hello. Day three of Paizo's Gen Con Online 2021 seminar stream continues. Once again, we are the hosts of the No Direction podcast and the directors of the No Direction Network. Uh, Paizo has invited us to host a few panels this year, including kicking off or including uh, this panel as well. I'm Ryan Costello. And I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. We are joined by Jenny Jarzabski, line developer for Paizo's Starfinder Society Organized Play Program. Hello, good morning, or good time of day, whatever it is for you, because I know we've got some people in different time zones out there. It's true. We are crossing the time zones. It's morning for you and afternoon for us. <laughs> Indeed. The future is now. Oh, gosh, it's almost so like it's Starfinder or something. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jenny, this probably doesn't it. surprise you, but um, Aaron from Paizo was curating questions for all of the people that we were interviewing, and you got more mm -hmm. questions than the three other guests combined, and they're really? all nitty-gritty starfinder society questions there's a lot of them i having heard you interviewed before i know you know your stuff and i know that if we just jump some random question from some random scenario you will probably be able to answer the question right away like immediately recall the knowledge i just wonder how much time you want to spend before we dive into all of these questions before we dive into the weeds well, um, I mean, that depends. Uh, honestly, that depends. Like if you had any questions you wanted to ask me or I could introduce myself briefly, although looking at chat, I know a lot of folks in here know me or at least familiar with me, but uh, I, I am open either way. Still, still kind of caffeinating myself a little bit today. So <laughs> <laughs> so we are talking to a Paizo dedicated audience, but just in case people aren't familiar yeah. with you, who are you? How did you get into Starfinder Society on the Paizo side? And I believe you were a player long before you uh, started working at Paizo. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So I, uh, I basically, I feel like I started as a GM or like a player of, you know, these sorts of games when I was a kid because I, uh, I went to a different school, like I was transferred schools when I was very young. And so I went from having a bunch of friends to not knowing anybody. So I would just kind of like walk around in circles and tell stories to myself. And unfortunately, I would say them out loud. So like it was it was not like a thing that other kids thought was cool until I finally had some other weird kids come up and be like, what's the story about? Like, can you tell me the story? And so we started acting out the stories. And so from there, uh, eventually, like after, it wasn't actually until college that I found my way into Pathfinder. I started playing with some friends, actually. Uh, oh, gosh, one of them, uh, Majuba and his wife on the forums. For anyone who knows them, they are awesome people. Uh, I started playing a home game with them, and Majuba talked me into going to Pathfinder Society. Uh, so I, I went, and I fell in love with it. So I started jamming, going to cons, and before I knew it, I was at a Paizo con meeting all these cool Paizo people and I was sitting with Thurston Hillman and I didn't know who this was. I just thought he was a cool guy. And apparently, you know, he was this big freelancer for the company. And so a couple years later, I finally met uh, Owen Casey Stevens, who, again, I didn't know who he was. Like, I didn't realize I was sitting down next to like one of our legendary you know, RPG, like TTRPG writers and like general good humans of the of like the whole world. And uh, he he asked me, he's like, well, you like to write and you're imaginative and you like to GM. So do you ever want to write for, for these games? And from there, kind of the rest is history. So I started freelancing and I got hired at Paizo full time uh, just over a year ago in the middle of the panorama. 
<laughs> so so it's funny because I've only actually stepped into the office like two times. And I have some coworkers who I've spoken with, but I've I've never actually like seen their face. But we I like I feel like I know them, but I don't really know them. So I feel like the first company party or or meeting that I go to that's in person, we're all gonna have to wear like I mean, we're all gonna have to wear name tags. Like that's gonna have to be a thing. So anyway, that's just kind of how I got started with uh with TTRPGs and Paizo, for those who don't know. I can relate to that story so much because before I found role-playing games, I was a liar because I had no creative channel. And so I would just make stuff up, pass it off like reality. So uh, having yeah. role-playing games <laughs> as having a way to tell a story that, you know, was allowed uh, really changed my life and made it <laughs> that much better. Also, everyone you mentioned is some of my favorite people in the hobby, right down to Majuba and his wife. Yeah, I, I mean, they are they are high class, amazing people. And, you know, I guess I just walked into the right group. Like, I feel like this like destiny kind of like brought me to to where I am now. So. Uh, so, yes, definitely. And if any of them are out there in the chat right now, hello, I see a lot of people that I know. So <laughs> thank you all so much for being here. Now, for anybody tuning in who might not be familiar with what Starfinder Organized Play is, could you give the elevator pitch and why it's amazing? Absolutely. So Starfinder Society is obviously our Starfinder branch of Organized Play. And Organized Play is super cool because you can make a character and take that character anywhere in the world that has an Organized Play game. So you could be uh, living in Dallas and go down to your local comic book or game store, uh, friendly local gaming store, I guess, as we usually like to say, and play with a group of people every weekend. But then if you were on a business trip to San Francisco, you could just look it up on Warhorn or, you know, go on our Org Play Discord and say, hey, where's that lodge? And you could go sign up for a game and meet some new people, but you're playing your same character that you played in, in Dallas, right? And then you go to Gen Con and you can bring that character and play in the big special. So I just think it's really cool because it's a worldwide living campaign. And that allows us to do things like, we can track decisions that players are making at their tables and let that inform the world, like the narrative decisions that we are making as developers, um, that it's honestly like, I joke about it a lot, but it's uh, the tracking at the end of scenarios, like whenever there's a big choice, like, do you kill this person or do you capture them or did they get away? Or, you know, oh gosh, you found out this dark secret about this planet. Do you tell them, like, do you let them know or do you keep it hidden so that, you know, they don't have to face this terrible reality rending truth that will ruin their society and like upheave everything. Um, and I love to look at those like honestly I think we all do like all of us devs uh, we love to look at those after it's been like a few months or a few years and see what the majority of tables voted for and sometimes like we truly do use those uh those choices um okay well most uh, most tables killed that character so that character is not around anymore um or in in one case a notable case of last year's special most players spared this villain instead of you know getting their revenge so okay so she gets to come back and uh and menace and or possibly help the society in in a suspicious way so i just really love that about the game it's just it's like a, this huge community that spans across the world so that segue nice. Yeah, excuse me. That segues nicely into the first question we've got from our Discord audience, which is: Are you planning mm -hmm. to bring back enemies from earlier seasons? Uh, Jinsel and Datch are their specific examples for occasional mm -hmm. cameos. 
Well, uh, Datch has already come back once in year four. Uh, she had a little quest pack, actually, where she's she's sitting there in the, the adamantine prison, which is really weird, or the Bastille, I think it's called. I don't know why there's a prison in the society. Don't worry, we're getting to that. Like, I don't think there needs to be a jail in the Lorespire complex, but hey, I inherited it, so I don't know. But, um, but she's down there in like a holding cell, basically, and she's got this uh this contingency plan set up to really mess up abadar corp it was like in case she got captured or something like that and so basically in an act of good you know goodwill to lessen her sentence and like get out and earn points she's telling some starfinder agents okay this is how you stop it so they have to get little missions from her to go and collect like the encrypted passwords so that they can then like go and save you know abadar corp from getting locked out of the golden vault for Honestly, probably just a few days. They'd figure it out, but it would cost a lot of money uh, and they'd probably be kind of mad. So so she's already come back. Uh, Jin Souls, I don't want to confirm or deny that, but I will say that, you know, the Scoured Stars is open now. Uh, there's not like the tier is not there anymore. And, you know, we already have other species like from the Cry Home Freehold are joining the society and kind of exploring the rest of space. So that is a threat that could potentially come back. Um, especially if any troublesome Starfinders were to wander too close to that part of space. So one of the reasons I really love the Starfinder Society adventures is how much you guys embrace fun and zaniness and just taking things to 11 <laughs> as a matter of cause. How many hours of the workday are dedicated to maniacal cackling? Oh, a non-zero sum. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't tracked my maniacal, uh, my, my maniacal cackling. I, maybe I should get on that because I think we're supposed to like track our tasks. So sorry, Linda, I haven't tracked my maniacal cackling for the week. I'll make sure to do that. I'll make sure to do that moving forward. <laughs> but that does, that does, uh, in a more serious version of that question, how do you all decide what all you get to, because Starfinder embraces so many possibilities and is trying to live mm -hmm. up to thousands of reputations for sci-fi fun and even fantasy fun so how do you all get to decide like which adventures are going to be the episode of the week so typically sometimes i i plan like alone um and when i say alone i feel like it's never really alone like i have a few trusted friends who are, are basically friend aid who know that you know if they ever tell like i'll find them um and so we'll, we'll be like playing a video game or, or watching anime or something and we'll just start like spitballing ideas and then i'll take that and then you know go like think about it i'll go take a walk or listen to music and then i'll i'll write it down and then sometimes we'll have meetings together um like thirsty and i have some really fun brainstorming sessions so basically uh, so that's part of it part of it is just coming up with ideas I like to pull from um, I like to pull from popular culture and current events. Uh, one scenario that's coming out, I teased it on my panel, uh, the Org Play panel on Thursday. Um, it has been announced. It's Precious Cargo, written by uh, our always, forever, very own Diego Valdez. Uh, it is it is basically this wacky idea we had. What if the Suez Canal ship that stalled had emotions? And so basically, <laughs> so, yeah, so it's just stuff like that. Like I'll take, we'll take like um, a, a like current event and be like, that sounds like a Starfinder scenario and just kind of go off. And then sometimes what we'll do is we'll try to, uh, we'll try to support the other product lines, right? Like Starfinder APs and the, and the core books, like the hardcovers. So like I'll I'll look at near space and I'll say okay where I'm gonna just read through this book on a weekend you know I'm gonna deep dive back into some planets and I'm gonna pick 
you know, something that seems really cool and we're going to go there. Like, have we been there in society before? No. Okay. So let's do that. And that's also hyping our, our near space book and introducing our players to those worlds. So there's like two things that go into it. It's like, it, we're trying to explore like the new content that our, the rest of our team is coming up with. Cause they're super awesome. And we're also just, you know, random crazy ideas. Like right now, I actually have a document on my desktop that's called Garfield Phone Paradox. And it has like the more zany ideas <laughs> that I might visit at some point. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> that's all you'll say. That's, you're leaving us with Garfield Phone Paradox and that's all yes, you'll say about I it. Am. Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, I, oh, so I was playing Pathfinder Society right from season zero. And one of the things I yeah. appreciated uh, over the seasons was that there was a disconnect that just kind of went away between the rules and what was going on in society. And it sounds mm -hmm. like that really is a focus of your goals. Like that is where you want society to be to make sure that there's just Starfinder players, whether you're playing society or just uh, more and through the rules. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I just want people to play Starfinder. Like, I don't care how you play Starfinder. I mean, org play is awesome, and you can meet some really cool people. The volunteers, uh, a lot of whom are in this chat, are top-notch. Like, a lot of them are just amazing human beings. They have been so supportive this week of, like, all of our staff. I can't even believe it. It's it Honestly, I have cried over, like, how amazing it is. Um, and it's just, like I said, it's fun because you can take it anywhere and you can meet people. But I don't, I don't care. It's like, do that. Go uh, get an AP, get the core rulebook and make up an adventure. And like, you know, I'm in a homebrew game with Thirsty and, and two of my other friends, like my partner and then our friend. And it's like, it's fun. Like, do what, do what you want to do, but please play Starfinder. It's a super awesome game. And uh, our setting is just, you can do so much with it. This question we've Spinner got space. lined up on the docket. We are getting, oh, sorry. When are we getting... Uh, Ramiel and Skitter Gobbles in oh, uh, Starfinder Society. <laughs> I, I, that is something I can't confirm. You know, we have, we have ACP now and I have gone through and I have with Alex, uh, we have decided what, what amount of ACP certain things should be worth. And, you know, there are just certain things that whether they already exist or not are probably only going to be like special boons or like charity prizes, but Hey, you never know. Keep dreaming out there. <laughs> Do you find that that is a, a difficult thing to deal with, with Starfinder Organized Play, the fact that Starfinder really is like the Moss Asley canteen of role-playing games with mm -hmm. so many species to play? Yeah, um, and this is, you know, I Alex is amazing, and I, I love my colleagues, love my teammates, but, you know, we've talked, um, and I... I, I understand the point of ACP to reward like players and GMs. And I, I am behind that. Like I am behind incentivizing people to step up and volunteer because without GMs and organizers, there will be no games. Right. Um, but I, I definitely have trepidation with the fact that, you know, and, and this is a system that is evolving. Like we, our team is working on it. I would not be surprised if it sees changes down the road. But this is something that we've talked about um, a lot internally. And it's like, I personally feel that everything should be allowed in Starfinder society ex with a few exceptions. Like, I am sorry, but y'all can't play Jinsels. They are, they are like, 
you know, Thirsty said they are these evil xenophobic aliens that like pretty much hate everyone that's not like blessed by their God. So, and they don't even want to hang out with you anyway. Like they, they just don't, you can't sit with them because um, they just want to stay in the scoured stars. But if you go to Gen Con and want to donate to a good charity cause, you can be the one good Jinsul. Like you can be the dritzed of all the Jinsuls, right? But we don't have many species like that because I generally, I, I also do not like having one species that's like all evil or all good like that. I'm not a fan of that. That has like racist undertones typically in like fantasy games. And I don't want to see that come into sci-fi, but I really feel like I want to see the cantina. Like I want to see weird aliens and just really whatever people want to do. But there is a balance between, I guess, you know, throwing the gates open and, you know, rewarding people and making sure that, you know, that it make that the campaign doesn't just go completely off the rails. I guess that's what they tell me. <laughs> so along some other lines, someone has asked, what is your opinion on the Starfinder Society, you know, the in-world one, supporting oppressive regi regimes like the Gideon Authority or the Vascarium? I am so glad you asked that question uh, because this is something that I've been thinking about a lot and talking to some folks in the community about. Um, you know, Starfinder world, there are some, there are evil regimes, like just like our real world, like there are there are people who um, support and and try to promote like bad policies that hurt people, that oppress people, right? And one of those is the Vascarium. Um, they are not like rampaging conquerors anymore, but you know their society, their whole society is basically based on like this really brutal space colonialism, right? Because they would go in and conquer planets, and one of there's several planets that they actually subjugated that had. Um, sapient life that they just took over, like the Skittermanders, who Skittermanders are weird, though, because they're like, well, we'll just help you. And and they didn't know what to do. The Vest didn't know what to do with that. So it's kind of funny. But uh, the Patras fought. Um, and that that is still kind of it's it's at that weird mo place where, you know, the Patras are they're like recognized, like they have a government that's recognized, but they're still kind of like a, almost a Vesk protectorate. And there are like active rebellion, um, like revolutionary groups that are trying to completely earn their independence. And so the society going and and like trying to make connections in the Vescarium, some Starfinders aren't going to like that, like if I was if I was playing like a chaotic good character or a lawful good character, even I would be like, no, like I'm not okay with that. So there was a quest that had uh, an option to help, or there really wasn't an option. Like the mission was to try to help this this Vesk general um, or like commander try to chase down these Patra rebels, and you could save you could you could spare their lives, like you could rescue them, but they had stolen some weapons, and there are people that didn't like it, and I 100% agree. That wasn't supposed to be a good thing, but that is also why I worked closely with Shay Snow, one of our super awesome uh, contract editors and freelance writers, um, also an indigenous person, to go in to go back and explore what I hope is the first of a long-running plotline um, that explores a a Starfinder choice of whether they want to assist a Patra rebellion, uh, actively help the Vesk quash it or just remain neutral parties as that all plays out. And so that scenario, I'm going to forget what number it is. I want to say it's 406. Um, it's called, oh gosh, wait, it's Prelude to Revolution. Yeah, uh, Combatants Concerto Prelude to Revolution. And so that scenario was my attempt to, to address that and give the players more agency because I thought about the fact that like, yes, Vesk are not nice, but in... 
okay, so in a role playing game, and sorry if I'm just like going on about this, but I fi- I find this like very interesting, but and I think about it a lot. But in a role playing game, you are putting yourself into a character, and you are pretending to be that character, like you are experiencing it from their like their point of view. Versus if you're playing a video game or watching a movie or reading a book, that is something that is a more passive experience. And so if you're reading from the point of view of a character that's like supporting the evil regime, it's like, you know, they're, you know, you know, that's bad, but you can play through that story and see like all the pieces coming together and see what's going to happen. But when you're playing at a table, you have to be that person who is enabling the evil regime. So when I really started to think about that, I realized like how you know, that's a really a problem. So I wanted to make sure the players had agency for their characters uh, going forward. So. Now, that's one of the things I love about Starfinder Society specifically is that it's not afraid to back away from the big, hard questions and moral quandaries. The Starfinder Society mm-hmm. is a private organization that has its own standing Navy and a prison that you yeah. were just talking about. Why do they yeah. have that? So are we going to continue to explore <laughs> these big questions about why do we get to do this yeah my plan is to absolutely uh i've laid kind of some of the seeds i don't want to talk too much about future plans for obvious reasons but uh i i have thought a lot about it and i have a document where i've i've kind of come up with some like ideas for how are we going to get into this because i can see certain factions within the society starting to kind of speak out and question and now that we have you know ehu hadith as our first seeker uh, he came up in the Starfinder Society. He's all about exploration and gathering knowledge, but you know he's not about having a, a prison or you know being a military power or a paramilitary power. So he's going to be pushing for different policies now that you know once the data scourge threat is dealt with, if it's dealt with, uh, I feel like he's going to turn inward <laughs> and start really looking at what's going on in this organization. And uh, some people will support him, and I think some people won't. So that could be interesting to see what happens. When can you Stunt get a Skinner Man Adventure? Chat sums it up nicely. <laughs> uh, Stunt Monkey is saying, like, we're just explorers, not a paramilitary black ops right? unit with virtually no oversight. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you, trust me. <laughs> So you did something very special. Can you can you go into why the first the new first seeker is groundbreaking? And will you be doing anything like this again? Uh, yeah. So for those who don't know, um, our new first seeker, or I guess he's been around for like two years now, I guess. But uh, basically, what we did was we started the program with a first seeker, Luazi Elsebo, who was super awesome, and I, I do want her to come back because she's still around. Like she's still part of the society. She's just stepped down. Um, and what we did was we we took player characters. We allowed players to submit their characters for consideration as the next first seeker, which of course, along with the forum and advised by guidance, basically determines you know what the society is going to be doing and focusing on. So there was a scenario called Four for the First that came out, which uh, introduced the four top uh, candidates, and again, all player characters that came from actual people playing the campaign. And basically, after playing through that scenario, the all the players got a chance to get to know them and what they were about. And we took a vote. And the winner of that was Ehu Hadif. So that is that was chosen by the, the people that are playing the game. Um, I, I would like to do something like that again, because I really do like the living aspect of the campaign. 
The only issue is sometimes, um, as cool as it is, sometimes your characters, even if they're amazing, are not the best fit for like where the narrative is going or, you know, what, what the society is and wants to do. So it's a real balancing act and it's not, it's not impossible to happen. I, I think it will happen again. I'm just not sure exactly when, and it's, it's something that has to be done, uh, with a lot of thought, I think. Because yeah, wasn't one of the candidates like a sentient pickle or something? Probably. Or, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. Like, that was, was before my was time. Like but... Three pretty good candidates <laughs> and one not not a great idea. Fun and uh... Uh, we're getting votes based on being fun. Yeah. I can totally see a sentient pickle getting voted into the society. And, and it's just also like with things like, um, you know, and, and so the community, like they're so weird and I love that, <laughs> but certain things probably shouldn't happen. Like for instance, when I said, all right, you know what, you can get drow with ACP for a low amount of ACP. Um, I had people that were telling me about how they were going to make like drow crypto farmers and like MLM, like all this weird stuff. And I'm just like, and like using the dark web and I'm just like oh my god and i'm like imagine if that if that character became the leader of the starfighter society so uh so it, that's cool but maybe not as our first seeker <laughs> so thank you there is another groundbreaking thing that's happening right now at gen con where there is mm -hmm. a crossover between starfinder and yes. pathfinder in some way what can you tell us about that and how might people get involved with that so the Pathfinder special was last night. Um, so you've kind of missed the boat on that one for Gen Con. Uh, tonight will be the Starfinder special. So basically it's this big wacky crossover event where it, it's going to tie in. Uh, the, the Pathfinders can affect the Starfinders um, and what happens to them. And also like the, the Starfinders will encounter um, traces left by them as they explore and go through this and you have to play both to really see like the whole story and how it ends so what i would suggest is check out other cons particularly uh, digital cons that are coming up because i know there will be other conventions running these and i'm telling you like you really want to play both there's also boons um for them i forget exactly what we chose but uh there are species like that are exclusive to starfinder that you can that you can play in Pathfinder with, uh, because of the weird timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, like, you know, crossover nonsense uh, that you can play in Pathfinder and vice versa. Like there's some legacy species that we don't have sanctioned that you can get access to. So that's kind of cool. It started about 30 minutes ago. Yes. And uh, Kendra Lee Speedling wrote that. She's super awesome. And Jessica Catalan, who is also amazing, wrote the Pathfinder one. That was a, a thing that, the two of them, Thirsty and myself, worked on pretty closely, and it should kind of have uh, all of our marks in it. So I, I really hope that uh, everyone likes it, that plays it. It's going to be super fun. I go back to some of our Discord questions. Someone says, sure. uh, I know that you cannot answer this, but if Historia Prime is behind the Data Scourge attack, just blink twice. And people that are listening to the audio version of this that we're going to release, I'm not telling you whether she blinked or not. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh, all of you who stepped away from the computer, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, a question that I believe you can answer. When will we get mm -hmm. an answer on whether brainwashed cyborg Ziggy exists and will Starfinder of Note Boon ever return? All right. So as for Ziggy, uh, 
you, we will, uh, we will have a chance. I, I teased this elsewhere, I believe. There will probably be a chance to either save or encounter Ziggy somewhere. Uh, yes, I see the, the save Ziggy hashtags popping up in chat, but be careful what you wish for. Anyway, uh, I, I can't confirm or deny any allegations of a cybernetic like zombie Ziggy. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, <laughs> and as for Starfinder of Note, that is something that in the, in the uh, kind of rushed process to get boons over to ACP. I mean, we, we did our best, but you know, we're busy and we wanted to just make sure the system could roll out as smoothly as possible. That is not something we did at that time, because like I said, uh, I don't have immediate plans to select another player character to become like a major fixture in the campaign. And that is what that boon is for, is you can submit your character to a, an email address and, and for consideration. But I didn't, I felt bad because I wasn't going to do, I will, it probably will happen again, but without plans that are concrete, I felt bad about people's characters just like piling up in an, you know, in an email and like, maybe we look at them, but we can't do anything about it. And that just made me feel kind of sad. So I think if that happens, there will be uh, either the boom will show back up for like, uh, maybe like a season or we will do some other call that allows anybody to submit or, or with certain qualifications. Question from our live chat, TRDG11 is asking, how will the drift event affect scenarios yeah. in the future? Yeah, well, um, I, we haven't said too much about what the drift crisis actually is. Uh, so you'll have to wait on that. But uh, anything that affects the drift is absolutely going to affect the Starfinder Society. They rely on, uh, on drift travel to explore and to go on these missions. So I suspect that there will be at least, I would say probably like two to two to three scenarios that focus on the drift crisis, like what's going on and what the results of it are. So it's not going to be the year of the drift crisis, but there will be some scenarios that explore those those ramifications for the society. All right, keep going down the list. Are there any 11, sure. 14 or <laughs> higher scenarios planned for season four? Okay, hold on. Let me let you know what I'm going to pull up my document. If you if you hold for just a second, I can. Uh, let's see. Not the Garfield accessing database phone paradox oh, document. See, where is it? Now, oh, sorry, I didn't bring my neural cables, so this is going to be a little bit slower. All right, so there it is. Oh yes, we have all kinds of super secret documents uh, on the inside. All right, so, oh, for year four, you're asking. Um, let's see, we already had, where are you? See, now I can't find, now I can't find what I'm looking for. Okay, uh, 11 to 14, there is, um, oh wait, no, that is old. <laughs> Why did I not clear this out? Apologies, I am, I am defragging this. All right, so, uh, we have coming up, there are no more for, there are no more for year four. We will have a seven to 10 coming up before the end of, uh, before the end of the year, which will happen at PaizoCon. That's usually, that's when we refresh. And as for next year, it does look like we have at least one slotted. Uh, that could change a little bit. Um, it could shift, but you can expect to get one 11 to 14 scenario at the very least. 
Speaking of new scenarios, uh, there has been the announcement that Boon, not Boons, uh, Bounties are coming to Starfinder. Yeah. What can you say about Starfinder Bounties? So starting off, those are going to be level one. Um, eventually, it's possible that we go into like having higher level ones, um, you know, just just to give more material for like different character levels. But they will start out as level one. Um, they're going to have a very similar structure and length to the Pathfinder Society uh, boons, although obviously they're in space and <laughs> they're in Starfinder. Um, they're not. You're not a Starfinder agent in these. You you could be like. You walk into a cantina and somebody asks you to do a job or you're browsing the infosphere and there's like a Craigslist posting or, you know, whatever space list posting that's like, hey, I, you know, I need somebody to do this and you pick it up. So it is going to be like auto sanctioned. It will it will fit seamlessly into the campaign. So don't worry about that. But even if you're not playing society, you can grab these and use these to like teach your friends how to play or just like, hey, we're bored. Like we want to play like two hours of Starfinder, you know, whatever. Um, so they will be like setting agnostic in terms of like, you know, the society itself. But they will be very easily able to blend into your society campaign and give your characters credit. So we won't see any society personalities show up as targets of these bounties? I mean, they could. Uh, so far, no. But I mean, it is, again, it is all occurring in the same world. So there could be some overlap for sure. I have three questions about mechs. Are you ready to talk about mechs? Oh, yeah. You know what? Let's talk about mechs. I'm, I'm ready for mechs. All right. So one of them is human-sized mechs with sprite pilots one day, question mark. <laughs> One of them is Laxolite Mech, thoughts? And one of them is uh, Player Character Mech Race When. Okay, that sounds really cool. So that would be like, so that would be like a, a sapient mech that has like a, like you'd be playing the AI in the mech or something. That could be, an, or like a biotech yeah. mech maybe. That'd be cool. Like, you know, spike yeah. rides inside Optimus Prime sometimes. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, tech Revolution is, I, I will say wait for Tech Revolution because there are a lot of, like, I don't even remember what all went in there. I, I did write several mechs and some articles for that book. Uh, I know, but there is a lot. So I would say wait for that because there are going to be some really cool, weird mechs. And I'm assuming that we will we will revisit them because I will tell you, I have played them in my home campaign and they are super fun. Building them can be a little more like, you know, kind of grind, like math chunky, uh, you know, you kind of have to spend a little time deciding like what, you know, what you want, like you're under the hood. But once the thing is built, it fits really easily into normal because it's normal combat. There's not a special combat system like Starship combat. And they're just really fun. Uh, like you can shoot like they do really well against like big groups of enemies. So GMs out there like that do their own content, like pay attention to this. Cause like, it's very satisfying to be in a mech and have like dozens of creatures like swarming towards you and just take like your, your line, like plasma weapon and just like mow them down or like, you know, shoot all the missiles. So it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to mechs being part of the game. Uh, I don't know, maybe society just sells all the ships and buys mechs. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's my that's I'm what I want. <laughs> anyway. Eagerly looking for the Super Sentai adventure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> next up, uh, you all mentioned that uh, in a recent blog post that the one shots would be playing a role in organized play. So organized play, not just meaning Starfinder Society. Mm -hmm. 
I think, yeah. So, so to elaborate on that, uh, one at first the one shots and like, uh, the one shots were kind of like the modules in that it was the Starfinder AP team and the Pathfinder AP team that that did those. Uh, they did a few and and they were they were great, but those teams were you know that was something new for them. And while you know my coworkers are, are awesome, so it was great, but they were like, this is not really what we normally do. So we kind of talked about it internally, and it was decided that since org play has experience with one-shot adventures that have quick turnarounds and are meant to be, you know, meant to be digital products that we should probably take over that. So internally we had us ourselves a little meeting and we decided that uh, it would be for the best since uh, we got Mike Kimmel on Pathfinder society, holding it down in old Galarian since I'm, uh, you know, taken over space and Starfinder Society, that Thirsty was really the best qualified person to kind of like <laughs> straddle that line. Like he's this weird time traveling entity now that like exists everywhere and nowhere. Like maybe he's Triune. I don't actually know. But anyway, so so he is going to be the one handling all of those one shots for both systems. And I am so excited because I've heard some of his ideas and they are just bonkers. <laughs> this explains so much. Yeah. Nobody is surprised to hear that. No, um, but they, they, and, and, you know, because he has his show Warhams and he's, he is such an experienced, like streaming GM. And I know the company wants to use these for like to not just for groups, um, at home, but for streamers, you know, to use for content, like on their, on their channels and encourage other people to watch and play. He really is the best qualified because he knows the most about streaming, at, you know, GMing online on a stream. So he knows like what, you know, he's thinking about things like, how will it be like, will this give the players time to like bounce off each other and role play and, and be funny? You know, um, is the GM talking too much here or, you know, is this just too wild and the players are going to go off the rails for like three hours and it's supposed to only be two hours. So he knows like all of those concerns. So I, I think it's in good hands. Uh, so the next one coming up there is a train heist. Uh, yes, the train heist is not Thirsties. That one was that was still done by uh, our, our awesome Starfinder team. So the train heist is coming out. I don't know a whole lot about that one, to be honest, because I've been kind of like away in uh, in the drift in Starfinder society land. Uh, and I know the next one he's teased for Pathfinder is going to have something to do with Red Mantis Assassins, uh, written by John <laughs> Compton. <laughs> so, uh, okay. They shouldn't have put so us in charge of this. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was no, a comment earlier should. that this absolutely is basically should. Thurston yeah. fan fiction. <laughs> oh, goodness. Thurston is the breaker of dreams, the drinker of tears. Don't let him GM for you. <laughs> he will ruin you. Oh, goodness. Also, John Compton is an amazing GM if you ever get the chance to play under John Compton as well. He really is um, that there were there were jokes made in in like various like chats and discords about uh, that we're all in about like when the three of us plan together, it's it's starting to happen more. Um, it, it happened a lot in the beginning. And then I feel like we kind of like we kind of receded and kind of went to our own corners because we were really busy. But we found that it's also like a very stress relieving exercise to like get with the team and just like come up with weird stuff. So there was kind of this joke. I think it was like actually Tinica that said it. Um, she, she likes to make Starfinder memes. 
um, which I love. Anyone that does that, like even if it's a really crappy like uh, MS paint job, send it to me because like you don't understand how much I live for those. Um, so she made this thing where it was like the like the three. And I haven't seen this this all of this anime, but like the three like Evangelion computer entities or whatever. But it was like it was like Thirsty Jenny John Compton. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really funny. So it's like, so I've referred to us a few times as like the unholy trinity of like organized play because obviously like Mike is super awesome for Pathfinder Society. Like he's definitely starting to bring his own, uh, his, find his voice and like, his, like he's leading that in a cool direction. And Linda kind of, I feel like Linda's there to make sure that we don't all just like crash the train off the side of a cliff basically <laughs> um so even though so even though john's not in org play anymore like he's still he's always like let me know if you want to workshop adventures like let me know so so he definitely like helps us out but uh yeah you're gonna see more of that so hope y'all like it <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be disappointed if the adventures don't include more trains cr <laughs> crashing off the sides of cliffs <laughs> off the cliff we go <laughs> <laughs> we thirsty says in chat. <laughs> hey thirsty. Bye thirsty. <laughs> now that uh you have an announcement of your own to make right uh today, right? I do, actually. Uh if we're ready for that. So yeah, it's uh, time, Zeddy. Awesome. All right. So, you know, as much as I've just sat here and hyped up organized play, which I still am absolutely love. Uh, recently, there was some movement around the company. Uh, um, I, I don't know if it's been announced, so I don't. I don't want to say the other movement. I don't want to get in trouble. So anyway, uh, somebody else moved to do something else, and then because of that, there was an opening. And when we played musical chairs, uh, there was an opening on the Starfinder team. We needed to hire another dev to work on APs and modules, and. I go to the Starfinder creative meeting every week already. I work with this team closely. I'm kind of already like, I mean, I'm in the Star Chamber chat. It's, I, I, so I would, some people said I'm an honorary member, but like the team is like, no, you're on the team. And just like Thirsty's still there too. Um, so I've kind of been, I've been part of it already, but as much as I love society, when I saw this opening, I just thought, you know what? I love society, but I can never tell like my magical girl mech military story in Starfinder society. I, I can never, I can, you know, you know, it's, it's because the society is like, it's just too prohibitive. I love it. And I've loved, oh my gosh, like, I'm so glad I got the chance to do the data scourge, but yes, I am going to be moving over to the Starfinder AP team. Uh, the first thing I'm doing, I'm currently outlining a module that will come out next summer uh jenny unchained yeah and that's exactly what it is because basically what they did was they were like they they don't understand <laughs> the fact that they have just said you can do whatever you want now i still will be work i'm working with the team we brainstorm they approve it you know eric and them will make sure it doesn't well i don't actually i don't know like maybe it will just go off off the off the uh, cliff but you know what the train ride off the cliff is going to be really fun um, so I hope you're all I hope you're all on board for the wackiness that's about to ensue. Oh, this, this fills me with such joy because I <laughs> love how thirsty before you and then your reign in this role has just yeah. embraced unadulterated fun. And the more mm -hmm. that I get to see in Starfinder as a whole is just glorious. So I am, and this yeah. is a good opportunity. Oh, sorry. No, go on. This I'm is sorry. a good this is a good opportunity to bring up that. Uh, another way to interact with organized play is with the adventure paths. Mm -hmm. 
absolutely. They uh, we sanction those, so you can play through the uh, the adventure path like with your normal group or with your org play group and get chronicle sheets so that you can apply that to characters for org play. So if you like doing both, it's a way to like not skip out on org play time just because you wanted to play, you know, uh, a dedicated AP with a couple of friends. So right. And I'll, uh, excuse me. I really yeah. love so how the, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I really love how that also, in both in Pathfinder Society and Starfinder Society, you get really cool themed uh, boons and, and rewards for doing those APs uh, that let you make really cool character concepts. Uh, this is a Pathfinder example, but all of my players that made it through Reign of Winners uh, were so excited when they got the Black Mantle on their society characters. Mm -hmm. And so I really look forward to what Magical Girl makeup unlocks for my Skittermander. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if they let me get away with it, but uh, I kind of sus I suspect they will. I I can be quite persuasive when I want to be. So hopefully, hopefully I can make that happen, but or, or something equally silly. But yes, I am. I'm definitely I feel like I've already been kind of infecting the Starfinder team with like, hey, I like serious and like tragic and profound stories, too. I mean, I play near all the time. Like I've replayed those darn games like way too many times and had, you know, an existential crisis every time. Like I like that. But I also really like silly stuff and I like cute stuff and I like just being weird and experimental. It's easier to do that in SFS because you've got like one or two scenarios coming out every month. So it's it's like less risk um, and it's a PDF product. So it's not like a printed book. It's not as much like resources going into it in terms of like money from the company uh, for printing. But I, I really do think though that there needs to be a little bit of like, you know, levity and humor with all the, I, I mean, this isn't Warhammer 40K. Like this is not the grim dark future. There's not only war and I, you know, and honestly, Warhammer 40K is kind of like snarky anyway. So like it's, but it's like our setting, I feel like needs to have a balance. <laughs> and so I am, I am hoping to bring more of the weird calling you out that's right also linda thank you so much it has been an absolute pleasure to work with you and thirsty and mike and like you know james briefly and mark and everybody in organized play all the volunteers i'm not going anywhere like i you know mm -hmm. i still want to freelance like you can still assign me scenarios and i'll write them so speaking of writing you have an ap volume coming up i do um speaking of speaking of wacky uh drift crashers volume two aka breakfast at desna's <laughs> yes. i'm so excited i can't believe he let me do that because uh because tondra approached me and he's like we're gonna portray like they're gonna meet desna like they're we need to portray desna but they're gonna actually meet her and i was like okay we we talked about it and i'm like you know, we want to do this right because in the past there were players that met Ioma Day and it, she was like, I mean, she's a goddess and she's like a righteous crusader goddess, but it was easy for a GM to make her possibly a bit unlikable um, from what I heard. So I kind of didn't want to fall. Like we definitely didn't want to fall into that same, that same stumbling block. So uh, we talked a lot about it, but I just really, I have always liked Desna. Um, she is kind of that like weird free spirit person, like genuinely good, but you know, maybe, maybe a little capricious and playful. And I, I tried very hard to impart all of that into her. Um, and I figured like, well, how, what would I want to do if I met Desna? 
Like I'd want to sit, I would want to have a mimosa with her and eat like avocado toast. So like, that's, what's going to happen is you're going to have brunch with her. And I am very proud of my Desna encounter. So I really hope all of you like it. I know uh, Tondro's got it in his hands now. I know he's going to make it even better. And our editors are going to polish that even more. So by the time it gets to you, it's probably going to be awesome. So hype, but you've, you got to wait like a year, but hype. <laughs> <laughs> As a Desna Weeps is part of my just normal vernacular at this point. I'm such a fan of her. <laughs> are you going to be going? Is are we going to see uh which are we gonna see like Inner Sea Gods version Desna, Mwangi Expanse version Desna, or cool new Desna? There is gonna be a cool new Desna. Um there is in uh there there is gonna be some Desna information coming out before. Um and this will this will expand on it. I will say this AP is going to have uh, some some articles like I've written a lot of I wrote these articles as well. Um, actually, I and I worked with James Jacobs, too, which was actually really cool. Uh, I was kind of like I never really talked to him. So I was like kind of intimidated and just like, I don't know, like he's not going to want to talk to me. And he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of like the the reclusive writer who's like, I mean, he's nice enough, but like you just, it's hard to approach him. But uh, I finally like got up the courage to send the email and be like, we need to talk about Desna because like you need to be in this conversation. And he looked over my, my manuscript and we talked about it a lot. And it was, it was super fun actually. Like I had a good time brainstorming with him and, uh, and having him like buy in. And uh, so there is going to be a Desna article that expands further on her and her role in Starfinder as a setting. Uh, as well as possibly a cameo from the Black Butterfly, but I, I don't know. That could happen. Uh, and then we're going to have some Desna playable options, which I have gone absolutely ham on, and I hope that what I did makes it in. But uh, I, James, I was happy and proud because James looked at them and he said, I can't, I, I need Rob. I'm going to call Rob and make sure he starts up his Starfinder game again because I want to play this. Like, I want to play one of these with my character. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> So I'm so excited. It's going to be so cool. Um, although Wongi Expanse Desna is gorgeous. And like, I, that is like my new headcanon Desna for Pathfinder. So like, I, I love that art so much. So Severin Laureate is asking for the name of the AP. It is called Drift Crashers. New Desna just And that's the one that's dropped. tied into Drift Crisis? Yes, it is. It's actually going to be at the very beginning of the drift crisis. So you're going to kind of get to play through the inciting incident and and see like what happens. So. Little Muffin says the full AP. No, oh, sorry. Go for it. No, Little Muffin right, says the for... AP is delays. All right, Trippy <laughs> Darling from chat was wondering what you were most proud of that you brought to organized play. Um. Oh gosh, what I was most proud of. I think there's a lot that I did. I'm I'm very proud of the drift or the drift crisis of the data. I'm already I'm already like thinking about that now. Um, I'm very proud of the data scourge. I it was amazing to see the the art that was going to go on the cover, like the half page and the and the uh, the pixelated logo, which is something Thirsty and I like came up with. Uh, he helped a lot with that because that was my first time to like do all of that. But uh, I'm very proud of that. And I I'm a little sad that I'm stepping away. Like I'm going to be involved till the end, 
but my my uh the person who's going to inherit the throne so to speak uh the next first seeker is going to start taking a lead on the final scenarios of that se of that season but i have already outlined them and i will be I will be working with them. You know, my my consciousness will be entering guidance and merging and able to advise. So don't worry, um, even as I'm elsewhere in space. But I'm very proud of that. Uh, but I feel like I can't pat myself on the back until it's done. So when it's done, uh, you'll see the full arc and I'll feel I'll feel like I know if it was successful or not. Um, I think it will be. I hope it will be. But I'm also really proud of the art briefs, which was, I mean, art, the artists like made them look amazing. But I am so happy with the new art we got for the faction leaders. And every time I see someone compliment it, I just like feel warm and fuzzy because like they're so good. Like they are so good. Like I feel like the art every now and then we get one that's maybe like not quite what what you know, like the artist and I didn't communicate as well, maybe. But um I feel like our art for Starfinder Society is like fire lately. <laughs> so I'm also proud of that. Anything last to say, Param, or should we start wrapping things up? I'm one thing I'm going to say is go get involved with Starfinder Organized Play today. Yes. You can do so at Gen Con right now, and it would be amazing. You will have fun. It is wonderful. They will, the new player friendly, absolutely grab a pre-gen, get in the game, and go enjoy this awesomeness. Yes, absolutely. And uh, just, you know, keep, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to get used to not seeing my stuff come out that I've been developing like a few months later after I come up with the idea. But uh, you are going to have to wait probably about a year to see my first, uh, my first module that I outline. And I think my first, my first full adventure path will be in like 2023. So you will have to wait a little bit, but I think you will see my influence increasing in Starfinder as a whole uh, before then. So, and you know what? We'll probably talk more about that later this afternoon because I'm coming back with the team to uh, to have a little Q&A, I think at three Pacific. So uh, show up the then. That's the Adventure Paths panel. Is it? Um, there's a, oh gosh, I'm in the oh, Starfinder. Oh no, sorry, three Pacific. Three Pacific is Starfinder three edition, ask anything. Sorry. Darn time zones, it's fine. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, let's go through the schedule before we uh, let people know where they can find out more about you. So uh, coming up next, yeah. we've got Telling Tales, Paizo Adventure Paths. That's at 3 p.m. Eastern, Ooh. noon Pacific. Then 4 p.m. slash 1, we've got the Industry Spotlight, Freelancing for Paizo, followed up by Ask Paizo Anything, Pathfinder Edition at 5 p.m. slash 2 p.m. And then 6 p.m. slash 3 p.m., we've got the Ask Paizo Anything, Starfinder Edition, which Jenny will be on. All right, so Jenny, where can people find out more about you, follow you online, read All your right. interesting things? Yeah, so I'll type it in the chat in a second, but uh, I'm on Twitter, at Jen Jayski. I kind of, I'll, I'll take like little hiatuses. I, I like to think, it's like I'll go out, I have to go on a journey, I'll be in the drift and I, I don't have the infosphere, but then I'll come back. Uh, I've been pretty active this week. I wonder why. Anyway, I've been pretty, been pretty connected to the, to the infosphere this week. Um, and I probably will be more so in the future because that has been very, uh, very helpful and lots of support. And yes, absolutely, solidarity, um, absolutely. So i i you can find me there um i also stream on twitch on my channel jezebel 77 which you can probably see in the chat uh i mostly just stream random video games that i feel like but i am hatching a, a scheme 
uh, to potentially do some Starfinder content uh, early next year. So kind of watch those spaces, my Twitter and the and the Twitch channel to kind of see where that's going. And honestly, if you just go to the event discord for Gen Con, um, you can see me on there. Just like if you friend me, um, it, you just have to send me like Starfinder memes or or like pretty like, I don't know, magical girl stuff. But uh, you can find me on there if you really need me. I'm pretty I, I'm pretty open to to communications as long as everybody is respectful and cool and friendly. So. So, yeah, let's see. I'll type when I when I have a scheme, go check it out because it's going to be great. Thank you, Linda <laughs> or Mark. I think it's I think it's just Linda, but it could be both like they, they sometimes like tag team. It was Linda oh, earlier, but she was saying that Mark was like hovering. Okay, okay, so he's there in spirit. So obviously this is my go. Twitch, and then Jen Jayski, or at Jen Jayski, rather, is my Twitter. So find me uh, on the And since app. you alluded to it, I just want to recommend people check out the hashtag uh, Paizo Accountability. Check in yes. on your favorite Paizo employees, freelancers, uh, influencers, anyone in the Paizo sphere. Check in on them, see how they're doing, give them your support, mm -hmm. let them know that you care and you understand what's going on. And, yes, uh, please do. That that's it for us, Sperm. We've done our four interviews. Well, I yep. guess we're going to see if we can reschedule that John Compton one. Uh, it may happen during Gen Con weekend. We're not sure, but just in case it doesn't, that is it for us. So, where can people find out more about No Direction? You can find out more about what we do over at NoDirectionPodcast.com, as well as our Discord server, which is available at the Discord link where you'll find the chillest community to hang out and talk about Starfinder and Pathfinder and all the awesomeness. Uh, you will love the blogs, podcasts, and amazing content that we put out every single day that supports Pathfinder, Starfinder, and general nerdity that we all love. Until next time, I'm Ryan Costello. And I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. And, Bye, uh, all. If you want to find the path, you need no direction. Bye, everybody. <laughs>